Do you need a break from the news? Well, my friend, Nerdette Podcast is here for you. Our show is all about delight. We laugh about what's happening in pop culture and feature thoughtful interviews with fascinating people. We even have a monthly book club that you can participate in. I could just go on and on about it. I loved this book. It was an experience, I'll tell you that. (laughs) I discovered authors I had never heard of, and I'm really happy that I did. Come hang out with us. Listen to Nerdette wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, I'm Curious City reporter Monica Eng. Jennifer Patak lives in Logan Square. And usually, this time of year, she spends her Sundays at the Logan Square Farmer's Market, where she likes supporting local farmers and local businesses. Our favorite taco place, you know, is usually there. The market normally opens in May, but today it's still closed, like all city farmer's markets, because Chicago officials are still sorting out the rules, which they say are coming soon. But in the meantime, Jennifer has a question. I'd love to know what farmer's markets are going to be like this year. Well, even though Chicago markets aren't open yet, you don't have to look far for an example of how these inherently social places are going to change in the age of social distancing. This is the line for veggies if you want veggies. This is Evanston's downtown farmer's market, which has been operating weekly for a whole month now. With rules, officials say Chicago markets are likely to follow. First up, visitors have to go through an entrance where they get turned away if they're not wearing a mask. Inside the square, folks have to walk in one direction around the stalls. There's no basil sniffing or tomato squeezing because no one's allowed to touch stuff on the tables. There's even a yellow rope in front of some booths to stop shoppers from getting too close. Debbie Sharp of Wilmette got a bag of beets, spinach, and kale from Nichols Farm, and I asked, through our masks, how it all worked. You just go in line, you pick what you want, and then you pay around the corner. Yep, around the corner at the Nichols booth, there's a person in mask and gloves who does nothing but deal with that dicey money part. And Debbie got to try something new. It was my first time using Apple Pay, and it was great. (laughs) You can expect to see more farmers taking payments like this to keep potentially germy cash handling to a minimum. And for even more safety, a lot of managers are urging people to pre-order and prepay for their stuff online before coming to the market to pick it up. This will also be the case at Green City Market, which normally has two open-air locations in Lincoln Park and the West Loop. But so far this spring, they've done everything online. And even when they do open for in-person shopping, probably in June. Unfortunately, some of our wonderful community programs will not be available on site, but we'll continue to do those virtually, such as our Club Sprouts or our Chef Demo. That's Green City Executive Director Melissa Flynn, who says farmers will also be more spread out. And like Evanston, they'll have strict mask and social distancing rules. So it is going to look different, but the food that you've loved for 20 years will still be front and center. That's also how it's working at the Oak Park Farmer's Market, which opened this weekend. It moved to a new roomier spot near the Oak Park River Forest High School athletic field. But they're still preserving at least one sacred market tradition. I think the most important question to ask here is, can you still get the hot donuts? Uh, Apparently so. It's our understanding that you're going to be able to pre-order. That's Oak Park Village spokesman Dave Powers. They're going to be pre-boxed. You know, it's it's not going to be the same as where people would walk around the market much on a donut while they're drinking coffee. The band won't be there. What? The famous Oak Park Farmer's Market band is going to be gone? Like, forever? I would never say never, but a top priority at this point is having a functioning market that's safe. 
And as for Jennifer's favorite tacos at the Logan Square Market, organizers tell me they're going to be gone too, along with all hot takeout food, because they just don't want people hanging out and eating. And that seems to be the general consensus, that this year's markets are going to be a lot more about being safe than being social. No matter what Chicago markets end up looking like this summer, organizers say they're committed to serving their neighborhoods one way or another. One of those people dedicated to making sure her community gets what it needs is Connie Spreen. She's the founder of the 61st Street Farmer's Market in Woodlawn. I spoke to her about the challenges the markets faced during the pandemic and the road ahead. But first, she explained why she started the market in the first place. Well, we had lived in the neighborhood for 20 years, so we wanted to create a place where we could purchase food, healthy, sustainably grown foods. And we thought that our neighbors, we were in a, the Woodlawn community, would also use that market to purchase foods at the market. Because along with providing fresh, healthy food, what she really wanted to do was build community. Any farmer's market is immediately a community amenity. It's an event. It builds community and brings the community together. And so part of my thinking was to create this place where people could come every single week and it would always be there and it would be something that would be dependable. Something that would be dependable for everyone. From the very beginning, Connie has focused on making healthy local food accessible to people regardless of income. When 61st Street Farmers Market started in 2008, it was one of only two markets in Chicago that accepted SNAP benefits. Not long after, Connie helped launch a program that basically doubled the buying power of shoppers using their SNAP benefits in Chicago markets. It's a program that would be especially helpful right now with so many people out of work and struggling to make ends meet. But like a lot of other Chicago farmers market managers, Connie's still waiting for the city to issue guidelines and a green light to open outdoors. That'll likely happen in June. And she understands it's complicated. I mean, these can turn into big social community events. But on the other hand, Governor J.B. Pritzker designated them as essential businesses from day one of the stay-at-home order. So it's been frustrating. It is really frustrating. Literally for the last two months, farmers markets in Chicago have been studying this, looking at other markets across the country, New York, Washington, D.C., San Francisco, Evanston, you know, close by, and looking at how they're doing it, learning, developing best practices, and really making plans for opening in the safest way possible. And so I think there's a lot of confidence that markets have in Chicago that they can operate in the safest way and likely more safely than grocery stores because they're out of doors, there are fewer people handling the foods that you're purchasing. The foods won't be immediately available to the customer to pick up. They'll be behind a table. There's a lot of work to be done to make it work well, but it is possible to do it well. I think that our market and markets all across the city are ready for it. In the meantime, 61st Street has joined several other Chicago markets like Green City by going virtual. Farmers are now offering their foods online and so you can make online sales and they will come and drop off or they will deliver to your home depending on their capacity. And even though the market isn't a physical gathering place right now, Connie says that all-important sense of community is still present. The clientele understands that farmers 
need support right now, and the farmers know that their clients need support right now. And so that component, I think, is, has become very, very important and has really stood out for people in these last weeks that um, we're all there to support one another. But there's one problem with that virtual setup. Shoppers in Illinois haven't been able to use their SNAP benefits to order online. Thanks to legislation that passed this month, though, they will be able to start using those SNAP benefits starting in June, but only with big retailers like Amazon and Walmart for now. So in the meantime... We have been trying to figure out how to enable our SNAP customers at the 61st Street Farmers Market to have access to the foods of the market. We have created a market box initiative whereby we've been bringing in funding and creating these $40 boxes of fruits and vegetables and bread and eggs that we are actually giving to families, low-income families on the south side of Chicago. I think we're over 400 boxes at this point and still raising funds so that we can do this through June. By June, Connie hopes the market will be open. And when it does, it'll look a lot like Evanston and Oak Park masks, lots of social distancing rules in place, no lingering or socializing, more in-and-out service. But even though the experience might be less, well, social, she says it's still important to get out there and do farmer's market shopping. When you purchase food from a farmer's market, you are purchasing the freshest, the healthiest, the most nutrition-dense foods that you can find. In many, many cases, they are sustainably and organically grown. They are grown by folks in your community or folks near your community. And so when you spend your dollars at a farmer's market, you are putting those dollars in the pockets of local farmers who then are sustaining their own communities. And Connie says that's especially important here in Illinois because we don't actually grow much that ends up on the kitchen table. Sure, we have thousands of acres of farmland, mostly corn and soybeans, but the bulk of that ends up in animal feed, ethanol, processed foods, or it's exported overseas. Illinois is one of America's most prominent and biggest agricultural states. And despite that fact, we import 96% of the food that we eat. And it's imported from California, Central America, Mexico, China. We grow very little of it. So we as a state need to be thinking much more about how, you know, our individual folks may be food insecure, but we also as a state are food insecure. And by shopping at farmer's markets, what we can do is support our local farmers. We can support farming production and help to grow, you know, that agricultural economy in the state of Illinois. The local agricultural economy Connie's talking about has obviously been hit hard by the pandemic, but she remains optimistic. I think that over time, the farmers markets will bounce back and they will be what we knew. I think, however, that in this process that we're going through, we are discovering, if we didn't know them already, the inequities that exist in our society. And I am Very, very happy to be able to say this. The Illinois General Assembly approved a budget that included a $500,000 appropriation for the Healthy Local Food Incentives Fund. And what that does is provide $500,000 a year to these kind of incentive programs to help our low-income folks to be able to afford the healthy foods sold at farmers markets in Illinois. So to me, that is a sign of good things to come, and that there's going to be more support for farmers markets, and there's going to be more support for our SNAP 
neighbors. For now, Connie waits, planning for the safest reopening and enjoying a little extra time for herself on the weekends. I take the opportunity to weed my garden. For me, it's a bit of a, of a vacation not to be there at dawn. <laughs> but, but I very much miss the market because there are somewhere between 1,500 and 2,000 people who come to the market on a nice day, and many, many of them are my friends. And uh, it's something that I very much miss. We expect those guidelines from the city about when Chicago's farmers markets can open to be released in the coming days. Curious City is supported by the Conant Family Foundation. I'm Monica Eng. At a time when information continues to come at us faster and faster, sometimes you need to hit pause and rewind. NPR's Throughline takes you back in time to the source of the news stories filling your feed. Find NPR's Throughline wherever you get your podcasts. Before we start the show, we here at Curious City want to let you in on a little-known fact about WBEZ. 89% of all our funding comes from community support, including contributions from curious listeners like you. If this program has changed how you see Chicago, please consider supporting this program at wbez.org curious. Thank you.